You're listening to The Marketing Guide with me, your host, Laura O'Mahony, an online marketing educator, mother of boys, and pizza lover. This is the podcast that helps make marketing simple for small business owners and entrepreneurs. Each week, we bring you bite-sized, actionable tips, strategies, and hacks to help grow your business online. If you're ready to do the work and grow your online presence and stand out in a crowded space, then you're in the right place. Now it's time to jump into today's episode, so let's get going. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to The Marketing Guide with me, your host, Laura O'Mahony. This week, I have something a little bit different for you. So as you know, so far, it's been a solo show with just myself on it. But this week is the first in our series of guest podcasts. And I'm bringing on our first guest and his name is Richard Fletcher. So Richard is an absolute genius when it comes to using Facebook for business. And in this episode, we talk about using your personal profile for business, the four types of posts you should be creating on Facebook, uh, Richard's take on Facebook ads and so much more. So let's not delay any more and get into the good stuff. Enjoy the show. Hi Richard, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for coming on. First question, tell me a little bit about yourself, how you got started and why you do what you do and what you love most about your job. That's more like four um, questions. Well, <laughs> that's like, yeah, that's like 18 questions there. So, okay. yeah, um, all right. So basically what you're, what you're asking is tell me your life story. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, okay. Um, well, I first started, I always knew I wanted to run my own business, like just do my own thing. I never wanted to be some like corporate drone, although I was a corporate drone for many years while I figured it out. So the first business I ran was in 2003. We can't really count it as a business is when I came back from traveling and I got into MLM. I feel like MLM is like, uh, like the, uh, like a, a rite of passage for like proper business people. So it's just slightly off if you're an MLM person, but it's like so many people go through that before they run their own kind of like separate business. It's their own thing. And I did Herbal Life for a while and I did another one called Agile four years later and uh, a bunch of other stuff in the meantime. Eventually, after about 10 years of doing various kind of things and like I was the stereotypical idiot who jumps for the next shiny thing. You know, like in 2008, when it was all like all the rage, you're like raising your hand. It's like, yeah, me too. Um, in 2008, when it was like... Uh, there's so many offers. I don't know if you were around in the internet marketing world then, yeah. Laura, but uh, there was loads of offers of like, sack your boss, magic turnkey system, pours dollars in your bank while you sleep, all that kind of stuff. And I signed up to every one of those because I was a sucker. <laughs> uh, still, I'm just, still am, to be honest. I'll still buy anything. And eventually I just got to the point where I'm just like, I'm sick of this. And in 2014, um, I remember I was at a conference, kind of unrelated. It was... Uh, Sean Stevenson, well, the late Sean Stevenson, sadly, um, he was uh, doing a conference called 10K Speeches, all about how he gets 10K for every speech he does and kind of his process behind that. And I was talking to a woman at lunch um, about dating, about kind of the problems that men have connecting with women and vice versa. And she was like, you should totally be teaching this to guys. Like, we don't know this stuff. And I was like, really? Okay. So I did. I set up a was coaching that, did that for a while. And then after a while, I found myself more and more in people's Facebook groups talking about online marketing and helping people with stuff. And very often I give the answer and I was like, people would be like, oh, yours is the most helpful comment on the thread. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I was like, why don't I set up my own group? So I did that two years ago. And then the group grew. Um, I didn't really have any attempt to the group for a group, but it grew to about a thousand people in six weeks. And then yeah. it became clear that all those people needed more help than I could just give in like free kind of like uh, posts and comments and stuff. So I was like, well, I guess I'll set up a problem, a program. And here we are today. I got, I got bored of the dating stuff because so I got married by this point. I was bored of talking about dating, same old guys, same old problems. So just did more of the online marketing. And here we are. Now I'm a business coach. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I'm kind of of the same. I went through and I had to set up my own business, uh, a baby business. And then as my kids got older and I kind of, you know, I wasn't in that realm as much anymore. I kind of said, no, I want to go and do the marketing full time so I can completely understand you know, where you're coming from. And I think you have to really pivot, don't you, in business and especially in marketing, you you really have to, you know, go with the flow and with where the the passion, the passion for me and that side of things was, was gone. And, mm. you know, my babies had grown up and I didn't really have the passion for that anymore. Whereas I knew I was like you as well in the Facebook groups, answering, always answering people's questions and always doing that. And I kind of said, right, let's turn that into, I went the Instagram route um, as opposed to the Facebook route. Um, and, you know, obviously I came across your Facebook group through another Facebook group, I think. Um, and I just love the buzz of, 
in there it's a really positive kind of place but I like your approach that you have like it's no nonsense and you really say it as it is and I'm very like that as well I don't you know there's no fluff around things and there's no I like just getting to the point I know I'm <laughs> I'm completely contradicting myself here because I'm going on and on but um <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know what I mean I like I, I liked your style and that's why I think I was attracted to the group in the first place um so my next question for you is tell me something that surprised you about the whole period during COVID and um, lockdown, all that kind of thing. Something that surprised you either, you know, in, in your business yourself or just in general. Um, probably the most surprising thing is that uh, people are still willing to pay a lot of money for stuff like high ticket courses. I had the assumption um, my high ticket program is uh, six and a half thousand US dollars. And when COVID struck, I was, I was kind of thinking, well, either people have got no money now, or they're worried about having no money down the road, you know, especially people who are uh, running businesses and they're like, well, I don't know if I'm gonna have any clients or people are running businesses, but on the side from a day job and they've been kicked out of a day job. I'm like, well, I'm not going to sign up to a high ticket course. And for about six weeks, I didn't sign anybody up. Uh, I wasn't really trying to because I was like, well, you know, nobody's going to want to sign up. Then somebody came in who said, no, I wanted to sign up even more right now because I need to improve my skills. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder how many other people are like that. And recently, like in the last few weeks, I've had like quite a lot of people sign up to my high ticket program, um, seemingly from nowhere. And I feel like people have gone from a lot of people seem to have gone from the initial fear of COVID and like, let's kind of, let's hide under the bed sheets. Uh, let's hide under the duvet. And like, wake me up when it's all over, you know, tell, yeah. tell me when it's all over and we can go back to normal. And after a few months of this, people are kind of like, uh, it's not going back to normal or if it ain't anytime soon. So I need to do something about it. And I feel like people are now at a point where they're ready to invest again, uh, possibly even more so than they were before. I think people have got, not everybody, but a lot of people got an increased level of urgency to go, okay, I need to up my game. Um, I need to get better at this stuff. I need to do what it takes to make my business work. Um, given, you know, that cliche of the new normal. Well, if, if the world has changed, if business has changed, if we can't go back to how we were before, okay, what do I need to know right now? I think a lot of people have moved their thinking from the initial fear to that stage. Uh, that's probably the most surprising thing. I think for me, I was just a bit like, initially I was like, well, yes, you know, maybe business will have a downturn for the next few months and then we'll go back to normal again. It'll be like, it's never happened. And that's not how it's gone at all. No, I think it's completely, it's just for me, it was a surprise as well, because more than ever, I was getting all these direct messages of people saying, I want to learn about marketing. What have you got that you can, you know, can you do one-on-one -on -one consulting? Can you do, um, they were looking for something from me and I, I hadn't, I suppose, sat down to think about putting together an offer because I felt like I didn't want to sell to people at that time whereas that's that's mm. a mistake in itself because if people are looking for the information and they're looking to level up you know there's no harm in having an offer then and it's not like it's not a bad thing to sell in those times um and I agree with you I think that people are you know there is a new normal now it is you know things have changed um, and I think marketing is more of a priority than ever. I know just some of my clients and that are just, they want to invest more time into it, more energy into it. And, you know, it's it's great that our industry hasn't really been affected. I know, you know, in all the different Facebook groups I'm in and that I see people that they're, they're busier than ever, um, which is great. And I see a lot of people that have gone during this whole thing and have set up their own business as well, which is, is fantastic. My husband mm. actually has set up his own um kind of a side hustle um a music shop that's what he does he's a musician oh, nice. and you know he has a day job as well but um i think it gave people that that downtime um and that bit of space that we, we never had before life is so busy we never had that space um you know mm, so i think true i think in every downturn in every kind of crisis whatever there's opportunities and and you can look at it and be like, oh, I don't want to cash in during COVID. Or you can be like, I can actually give people what we need right now like, and yeah. actually benefit people and benefit myself. I don't have to sit here like some victim and be like, oh, no, the world's terrible for a lot of people, so I'll make it terrible for me as well. Like I'm, I'm making more money than I ever have. Um, and part of the reason for that is um, I've invested a lot more into Facebook ads. Like I'm spending five times as much now as I was in March on Facebook ads, and I'm only going to keep on increasing that because um, – well, it's working, 
but also a lot of the big brands have pulled out of Facebook ads. Yeah. So there's more real estate space. Like there's less competition for the real estate. Like once, I think it's once every six posts or so on Facebook, you see an ad. Yeah. So if you're trying to compete with like Coke or Pepsi, who are just willing to throw like stupid money at it, then it's going to cost you more. But now there's more space available, you pay less. So why wouldn't I cash in on that? It does. It's, I cash on. I cash in on that with an offer that people actually want to to take advantage of, uh, but actually benefits them. It doesn't have to. You know, it doesn't have to be some awful scam. No, I have had people no. posting comments on my ads. I've had people posting comments on my ads like, "You shouldn't be selling something like this at a time like this. Why not?" You know, yeah. it's ridiculous. I've seen um, that on some of your I, ads, but I think Facebook ads yeah, attract yeah. negativity anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's just it's just goes with the territory. I think you have to just see the trolls and like, I liked your response. You were sending them funny gifs and, or gifs as uh, some people say, um, you were just kind of trolling the trolls. So I like that mm. you responded in that way. <laughs> I say, I say, I say, I say gifs. I don't know which one's right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Gifs. I, and I hear some people <laughs> saying gifs, but I just have to say gifs and gifs. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying gifs for anybody. No yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Until, until, until they change it until they change it to a j and it becomes that cleaning product then i'm not yeah it exactly yeah uh, that's that's what i think wasn't there a safe gif debacle uh back there in the 90s at some point yeah, yeah. when they say when they change gif to sif and it's like oh wow that's changed everything i'm, I'm definitely going to buy it now exactly and everybody's <laughs> not to go off track here anyway. no 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 <laughs> so back to facebook ads um what are your thoughts on with say small businesses getting started with Facebook ads, uh, what are your thoughts on, as you said, it's cheaper now than ever to, to get those ads. There's way less competition. Um, do you think pe people should go for it or just test the waters and see, see how things go? Um, it's the unsatisfying answer is it depends. It really depends yeah. on the business and it depends on the offer. So it's not, if you don't have a compelling offer that people actually want to buy, where they see it instantly and go, this is something that could benefit me. I get this and they get it straight away. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they get it straight away on a news feed and go, this makes sense. Then it doesn't matter that the ads are cheaper because nobody's going to buy anyway. You're still going to be throwing, you know, you're still going to lose your shirt eventually. You're just going to lose it in slower time. Um, so it's about figuring out first of all, well, who specifically am I aiming at? Like what person can I help? And that doesn't matter. Like even if you're in, you know, I mentioned MLMs before, you could be selling like a five pound skin cream. Um, there's still a person who needs that skin cream. They use that skin cream and then they get to an end result. Let's say you've got, I don't know, psoriasis or something like that, or you've got, you know, spots and your cream has got some special derma, whatever nonsense in it that uh, helps your skin do whatever. And then your skin reacts in a certain way. And then the, you know, the skin peeling goes, the spots go and look, oh, look, I used it last week. And now look, and my skin is glowing. Uh, that's like a, an A to B transformation with like a, a method, I call it the unique, the unique believable mechanism in the middle. Like how is your method of taking someone from A to B different? So you can have this, even if you're a plumber and you just serve your local area and you go and fix like leaks or whatever. Well, what's the starting problem? Well, I help fix, you know, leaks, um, no, um, block broken taps, whatever, all the other stuff. Um, yeah, block toilets, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you've got you've got a block toilet and you've got all those of rancid turds floating in there, stinking out of the house. You know, you want someone to come and fix it. Quick. It's well, usually dinkies. My, my, my kids like to flush dinkies. When, when they were small, they like to flush dinkies. So, yeah, yeah, I know I can refer. Dinkies? Yeah, yeah. Dink dinkies? Oh, uh, like little toy cars. Little... Oh, right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought some like weird. I thought some like weird Irish phrase I've not heard of. <laughs> no, no. Um, Yes, yeah, so it's like yeah. So, so you could have an ad that's like, oh, is your is your is your child flush like a bunch of toy cars down the toilet again, and now it won't now it won't flush and it's on block and it won't block. Well, uh, you know, and then you explain well why your plumbing service is better than others, and sometimes it's um, it's you don't have to do it based on price. It could be based on service. Like maybe I guarantee that me or my team will get to you within two hours of the initial call out, or the um, we're friendly professional workmen. So. We take our boots off when we come in your house. We don't wander around our house swearing loudly and putting really loud music on in front of the kids. You know, like you know, that's the reputation workmen have, isn't it? By being a bit, yeah. uh, a bit, a bit kind of common, shall we say? You know, a bit, a bit kind of rough. You know, as a generally workmen, is it? They kind of come across as a bit rough, swearing loudly outside, no matter where they are, what time of day or night it is. They have to play <laughs> loud music for no reason whatsoever outside. It's like, like you know, the world has to know that they're there. We have to, we have to be swearing really loudly and just like. 
that's not what you want in your house in front of a kids. Well, this isn't how we operate. That in itself can be a differentiator factor. We get it done. Um, there's no surprises. You get to find out how much it is beforehand, and then we leave. And minimum of fuss. That in itself could be a unique believable mechanism where we're like, oh, this, this is someone I can trust. And then you show all the trusted reviews that you've got from people in your area, from people just like you who had blocked toilets. You could run ads to that and you'd probably do all right if you run it. And especially local area ads are quite good because there's not loads of competition. So you're only showing it to stay, say there's 150,000 people in your local town. You show it to 150,000 people, it doesn't actually cost a lot to show it to all those people. Um, so you're not paying a lot of money for your ads and you're getting a lot of customers in in your local area. So I, I say for local businesses, it can work well. Um, but really, it's about understanding the starting point, who you're aiming at specifically, who you're talking to, what problem they've got, where they want to get to and describing that kind of journey in your ad. Um, that's what most people don't do very well. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's really good. Because I think that most people, they just don't know where to get started with ads. And then they like, they just create these random ads and there's as you say there's no transformation there there's no differentiator there's no nothing that makes that ad stand out and therefore it doesn't convert and then they're wondering why it doesn't convert and then they say facebook ads is useless yeah i'm not going to go back to that but but the problem is really with the copy which brings me to my next point um we're going to talk a little bit about uh the four types of posts that you can use to build a big brand on facebook um, and I want to ask you a little bit about the personal profile thing versus the page, um, kind of not versus the groups, but I suppose your input on the groups. Um, so do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so these days, especially if you're a coach um, and you're trying to do it organically, i.e. not running ads, it's, in my opinion, it's better to do it on your personal profile. Now, you've got to be careful because it's, against the Facebook's terms of service to promote a business on your personal profile. But they're kind of vague about what that actually means. So what you find is I don't do loads of like spammy posts, which like sign up here, join a link, you know, sign up now, only two days left, all that kind of stuff, because that is promotion. What I instead do is my four types of posts, which I'll come to in a second. But the reason I do that is because the reach, reach being defined as how many people does Facebook show your post to? Um, So, you know, I've, I've heard it, I've heard it said, I don't, I, don't, I don't know for sure, but I've heard it said that the reach on Facebook business pages these days is 1%. So if you've got 1,000 people who like your page and you make a post, Facebook on average is going to show it to 10 of those people, which means you need a hell of a lot of likes before you actually start getting any traction. You know, you're going to need like 100,000, a million followers before Facebook starts doing anything with that. Um, and the reason Facebook does that is because it says, well, this is a business businesses have money therefore it wants you to pay to boost your post to show it to all your followers so instead i'm like well i'll just do it on my personal profile uh, because the reach is always going to be reasonable on personal profiles because facebook's business model is that facebook is free so you post on your personal profile your friends see it, they comment and then you know you have discussions so you keep on coming back for more if facebook shot stops showing people's posts to anyone on the personal profile they'll be like i made a post yesterday and then my last 10 posts have got no comments no one's seen them so I'll just go somewhere else, you know. I'll go and use, I don't know, Pinterest or something. Um, so you know that your, your posts are always going to get some level of reach on the personal profile. That's why I do it. So the four types of posts are an engagement post. An engagement post is all about a post that's aimed to get uh, reactions and comments. So the reason we need that is for social proof. So social proof is good. When someone comes to a profile and sees loads of comments on your on your profile, they go, oh, People are paying attention to Laura. Maybe I should pay attention to what she's saying too. As opposed to when you go to, you've probably seen it, you know, when you go to people's profile and it's like, you scroll through all the posts and it's like, no likes, no likes, no likes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. one, one pity, one pity like pity off her like. auntie Jean, you know? Yeah, pity <laughs> like, which is worse than no like, you know? You're like, no one's paying attention. And and this person's often going on about like, uh, how to get more engagement in your marketing. And it's like one like, it doesn't look good, you know? Um, so uh, but it's also good, not just from social proof, from the Facebook algorithm point of view. So the Facebook algorithm is going to reward you if your posts get lots of comments because it says, these are the kind of posts, this person's posts, people like them, they want to get involved in them, so we'll show them to more people because Facebook wants the experience to be as good for you as possible. Uh, so you can stay on the platform for as long as, so you see more ads and therefore click more ads and Facebook makes more money. Um, so those profiles that get no reactions, no comments, Facebook goes, nobody's interested in what this person's got to say, so we won't show their stuff to as many people. Uh, secondly, we have value posts. So a value post 
um, is defined by me as a post which teaches you something you don't know already. So a lot of people are trying to do these value posts, but they say things like, um, be the change you want to see in the world. You know, you've got to be authentic in business um, and stuff like that. And it's like, we've all heard this a billion times before, especially if you're in like the online business world, you've yeah. heard this kind of stuff. It's just like high level cliches. It doesn't teach you anything, but what if you took a concept like that? Like, um, Oh, you've got to be authentic and then unpacked it to go, well, what does being authentic mean? Why does, why does being authentic make you more money? Is it even true? Maybe you could prove it's not true and what to do instead. Maybe you could show this is how to know if you're being authentic. Or maybe you could show there's 20 different sides of being authentic, but you need to show these three if you want to make money and these 17 won't make you make money. Because I've often thought before when people go on about being authentic, and it's like, well, there's the authentic version of me that wants to lie on the sofa with my hand down my pants scratching. The other hand like alternating between like glass of wine and Doritos. And just doing that all day, getting fat. Uh, and then there's a side of me that wants to work hard and do business and stuff like that. It's like, well, if I choose the first version of my authentic self, I ain't going to make much money. But people don't really go into that and explain it. But if you went to that level of detail and really explain that and unpacked it, now you're kind of teaching people stuff that other people aren't capable or aren't willing to go to a level of detail on. That's what I call genuine value. Or if you can maybe change someone's mindset so they think, oh, this is my problem in life right now. This is what I'm struggling from. Maybe in a relationship, you just think, oh, my husband's such a dickhead. You know, my husband's, oh, he never listens to anything I say. But you can help them realize, ah, maybe he would listen if I did this instead. Or perhaps it's possible for me to do something else. Now you've given them some value and they go, ah, right. You've changed their thinking to something more, um, more empowered, if you like. Uh, so uh, the third kind of post, oh, did, did you want to jump in then? I feel no, like I'm no, talking. no. I'm just, I'm loving all this because like I'm a marketing nerd and this stuff just lights me up. <laughs> so I love, hearing, <laughs> okay. I love hearing somebody else's perspective on marketing and that in general as well. And mm. like I've talked about the two of those just in my post this morning. Um, I did a bit of a post on TikTok just about the social proof and that and people often neglect that and they completely don't mm. you know they don't see the benefit of like they've got all these five star reviews but they're, they're not sharing them on social or they're not right. you know putting them out there so um i suppose especially for small business owners they're nearly afraid to put out the, the good things about their business but mm. um well that's that's a good point in itself um what you're referring to there, like sharing reviews and stuff, is a third type of post, which is a credibility post. So there's multiple ways of doing credibility, which I won't go into like in massive detail here because we'll be here all day. But uh, probably the most common one is where you share results of um, customers. And when you share customer results, you don't share testimonials that are like, Laura was a nice person. I enjoyed working with her. She made me laugh. She always turned up on time for our sessions. Uh, thanks, Laura. I would recommend anyone to work with Laura because uh, it's like, who cares? You know, nobody's yeah. giving, no one's giving you money because you're a nice person. It's like, what result did they get you? So you know, going back to the plumber, you know, Jeff the plumber came around and he was so polite. He took his shoes off. Uh, he, you know, he walked in, he saw, the bit, he saw the problem straight away fixed my block toilet in 10 minutes. Oh, and he flicks my boiler while I was at it as well. I just mentioned it offhand. And he was in and out of the house inside half an hour. Thanks a lot, Jeff. You know, uh, that's the result. You know, I had this problem. He came in, fixed it in this way and then left. Um, so you can do that with pretty much anything. You no, know, same with the face cream. I use the face cream. I had this problem. Um, then this happened. And now I'm in this position. That's the kind of reviews you want. Um, but you did mention, Laura, about people don't want to post it because they feel like they're bragging or showing yeah. off, right? It's kind of something that especially especially in the UK and Ireland as well, I guess. It's like, we don't have that kind of American thing where we want to big ourselves up like, you know, <laughs> hey, I'm the greatest, you know. We're the greatest country in the world. It's like, can you imagine saying that about, I couldn't imagine saying that about England. I'm no. like, no, it's shit, it rains all the time. <laughs> I hate this place, it's, it's busy, it's full of traffic, it's cold. It's like, I couldn't imagine saying this is, a, I'm a, I might like settle on like the 71st best country in the world, if that, you know. <laughs> No high, but definitely, definitely no higher. No high, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so we're kind of, we're kind of brought, we're kind of brought up to be like not bragging about ourselves. We're kind of brought up to be, you know, as soon as you start bragging about yourself or start saying any kind of achievement you've got it done, people are automatically like, get back in your box, pal. 
you know oh he's getting too big for his boots let's chop him down the australians call it tall poppy syndrome don't they? we chop off the tall poppies when they get too high and it's kind of similar in the uk we want to knock people down when they get too big uh, we do it all the time with celebrities as well i can't i would never want to be a celebrity in a million years it's like as soon as you get famous they want to chop you down um so we have this inbuilt thing of like i don't want to show off i don't want to be you know i don't want to be like oh i'm bragging but you can make credibility posts where if you frame it in such a way that you're teaching a lesson, it's not, you're not bragging. So I could maybe say, you know, I've always, I can maybe say, I've always said that the key thing in order to make sales in your business as a coach is to differentiate yourself from everybody else and put that out clearly in front of people who actually need what you've got to offer. Uh, but the problem is uh, nobody's showing people how to do this. They're just giving them generic courses and expecting to watch videos and figure it out for themselves. Well, when people come to me, I actually sit down with you one-on-one and tell you exactly how it makes it works for you. For example, my client, Emily, came to me four weeks ago with this situation. Emily's a fitness coach, da 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 And I took her through and explained that she's aiming at these people with this specific offer. And she started making posts on her Facebook feed. And within a week, she'd signed up two new clients at 3K each. And now a month later, she's made 20K. And she's not stopped. But the lesson here is this. So I teach it as if it's a lesson. Um, as opposed to, hey, look, another great result for Coach Richard, isn't he so smart? Um, exactly, it's more like yeah. a lesson that my. It's more like I'm. It's more like um, I'm making a point. I'm teaching you something, and using this as the um, what do you call it, the proof, if you like, or the uh, um, kind of like the example. Like for example, this is this is an example of uh, what I'm showing you here. But really, what I'm doing is saying I got a result. Uh, for somebody just like you. Again, that's important. Uh, the people you're sharing credibility of, they want to be as close to uh, your ideal client as possible. So the kind of person you want to work for or do work for, you share testimonials, you share stories of people just like them. And eventually over time, if you share one story, people are like, okay, cool. You share 10 stories, people are like, okay, this person gets results. Um, that's when they start signing up. Totally agree with you. And I think like people are even afraid to reach out and ask for those um, testimonials because they don't know how mm, to. Mm. Um, and there is a format to that. Like you ask them what their life looked like before they dealt with you. Um, how was the process and what their life looks like now? If you just ask those, even those two questions, what your life was like before, what your life is like now, that will give you enough information to, you know, to be able to put that out there into the ether and mm. attract those ideal, ideal customers and clients. Um, and at least that way, then you can, you know, start building up that, that base of those testimonials or those, yeah. you know, those, yeah. those things of credit and use them then oh. throughout the social, your social media, throughout your website, throughout your, you know, your stories, your TikTok, all that kind of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I, I would actually recommend Laura for anybody who doesn't have like a bunch of good video testimonials um, or just testimonials in general to spend the next three months especially if you're newish to business, if you're not making loads of money right now, instead of thinking, how can I get my next client? How can I get it? Focus on getting results for people, even if you have to do it for free or they're yeah. very cheap. Focus on getting results for people and then getting the testimonial. But you, when you sign them up, you say, this, I'm giving you a deal here under the proviso of when you get this specific result, I want a video testimonial from you. Are you willing to sign up or not? And then when they sign up, they know that that's what they've committed to. Uh, and then when, when you know they've got the result, you send them a message and be like, hey, Laura, um, how are, you, how are you getting on with your business at the moment in terms of clients and uh, whatever compared to where we were at the start? And you'd be like, oh my God, Richard, it's so much better. You know, I signed up three clients last week. It's fantastic. And uh, I was hardly making any money at the start, but now it's going really well. And then literally I will screenshot that and send it back to you and say, hey, Laura, do you mind if I use this as a testimonial? And then nine times out of 10, the person will say yes. Now it depends. Sometimes when people are in more sensitive markets, like, you know, like erectile dysfunction, you know, I'm not going to be like, <laughs> yeah. you're like, you're like hey Richard, you're not going to share their picture yet <laughs> like, i don't necessarily i don't necessarily want like you know the screenshot thing of like hey i no. can get it up before long, but thanks for your help you know <laughs> so, well, well, you can... <laughs> it's like you kind of you kind of want to hide away in the background on that one and it's yeah, sort of similar, exactly. those, those sort of things are common in like relationship coaching especially like dating coaching for men that sort of stuff so what you can do is you can say, do you mind if I share this? If you want me to block out your name or image, I can happily blur that out as well. And, you know, so nobody can recognize anything about you. And then they've got the option and they might say, okay, um, yeah, blur it out. But I'll go and blur it out and send a message to them again and say, okay, what about now? And yes, okay, you can use that. Um, 
So in those scenarios, at least you've got a testimonial. Uh, yeah. but, you, know, you can say you can say when you're doing your credibility post, you can say, you know, this obviously we're, I'm working in a sensitive area. So um, this person wanted discretion. Obviously, discretion is important to me. You know, uh, I won't be sharing your details any further than me if that's what you want, as you can see here. So in a sense, it's like um, it's almost a selling point now that the person's name isn't there rather than it being not credible because you're like, oh, yeah, he's not going to go exactly. sharing my name around if I get a result. Um, another thing you can do, something I did a lot, I did this last year actually, because I kind of did the thing that you were talking about, shying away from asking for testimonials and just hoping that people would message me, which they did sometimes, but um, I did it in a systematic way. For everybody I knew was really happy with what I did, I went back to them and I said, would you mind recording a video with a phone on the side in landscape mode? Just record it on your phone's native video, just nothing crazy, a minute and a minute or a minute and a half, something like that, where you just say, the situation you were in with your business when you came to me, um, the process we went to, whether you were skeptical or not, and where you ended up and where you are now. Would you mind recording that and send it to me? Just send it to me here on Messenger. Uh, I would really appreciate it. Don't need anything fancy, that'll do. And you'd be amazed how many people do that. Because when you make it easy for them, because you think exactly, the video is going to be hard work, but you make it easy, just stand, sit there on your phone and talk to a phone like that and then send it. You can sit there and do that in a minute. Okay, oh yeah, I'll do that for you right now. There you go. Well, you do that with your last you know, five clients. Maybe you'll get three testimonials out of them. Now you've got three video testimonials you can use. You can use them on your website. You can use them on your social media. Um, suddenly that becomes really powerful because video testimonials are a lot more believable than anything else. I totally agree with you. And I think even, you know, the ones that are recorded on the iPhone, I find them a lot more believable than somebody that's gone off and gotten a professional crew to put together, you know, and get somebody to come in and mm -hmm. talk about their experience dealing with the company. That actually turns me off um, companies. You know, I'm like, if they're putting that much worse, if, if somebody is just coming on and they're doing a quick little video, I know that it's you know, it, it's more real and it's more authentic and you, you don't feel like they've been paid for it or that, you know, they're getting something yeah, in exchange for it. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it can be too polished. You find this with, um, I did a, I did a Facebook ads course recently. Um, you know, the guys on there were saying, actually, if you have images or videos that are too polished, sometimes that can work against you because people seeing, oh, it's a polished corporate image, like an ad, or, you know, it's, it must be an ad. Okay, score past. Whereas when it just seems like a, a video you just made yourself and put on newsfeed, it seems like a, excuse me, it seems like it's something that a friend would do. Oh, well, I just recorded this on my iPhone and yeah. have a look. Uh, so if people are more like to interact, it feels more like the kind of content they get from their friends. Exactly. And when they're scrolling through their newsfeed, that it fits in the content actually fits in with what they're looking at. So they're looking at their friends and their family. And I seen you had uh, one of your ads that come up in my newsfeed with your cat. And I was like, oh, that's really yeah. good because uh, it kind of drew my attention in. And I obviously know you from the group and that, but um, you know, it kind of got my attention and, but it didn't feel out of place in my newsfeed. And it didn't feel like this whole polished Richard with like, you know, the background and the big massive text. And it just felt really natural. And obviously the copy then draws you in as well. So um, mm. I think- no. you know, What's really interesting on that, sorry to interrupt, is uh, the image with the cat gets loads of feedback. Like, oh, I love your cat. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But when I do images with the, the typical images that you see a lot of nowadays, there's a backlash, I think, against family type images uh, because a lot of people see them and go, oh, it's a marketing trick. Use family and gain trust. Like the images I do where uh, I do an image with my wife where we're both like dressed up or going to a meal or something like that. And you think it looks like, oh, happy. This is the kind of life I want. People would like it. They tend to get a lot of abuse. Yeah, I yeah. think a lot of people see it and think, oh, this guy thinks he's so great. You know, he's not so great. I'm going to tear him down. Whereas when I just look like some loser with his cat, it's like, well, you know, there's, there's nothing cool to rip down. So I don't need to say anything horrible. Exactly. Yeah. But people probably still will anyway. You'll probably still get some form yeah, of abuse yeah. or you're not holding the cat properly or, you know, you'd be amazed. It's like just when you think you've had all the abuse you can get, all the weird stuff is like last time someone said, this guy's eyes, this guy's pupils are too small. You know, there's no way, there's, there's no way he's, said that, it was one of the comments, like, there's no way he's trustworthy, you know. I, oh, I, I wouldn't, would you? I wouldn't, then someone comments back to her, like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't buy a used car off this guy. Oh, well, I wouldn't buy anything off him. Ha, 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 la, la, la. I'm like, I'm just sat there reading this. It's really weird. It's like, like, 
can you imagine sitting in a room like you're sat on one sofa and then there's two people sat on another sofa just talking loudly about you about how awful you are and you're just watching it <laughs> really that's like that's what's like <laughs> so well, when we discussed earlier should everyone jump into facebook ads well there are advantages <laughs> but you know you might you might want to put on your kind of a put on your sort of teflon suit and be be ready for some abuse because be as soon as people see the word sponsored underneath the post yeah, they just turn yeah. into, they it, they into just, utter dicks they do absolutely and then like i even go and look on some of their profiles and i know like a lot of your community will jump to defend you and say like richard is a lovely guy or i've seen that on some of your your ads as well and some other people's ads on on facebook um but like I, you'll go to their profile then and then they'll claim to be like a wellness person or somebody that's like um in the mental health space yeah. and you're like yeah. you're just abusing the person on the facebook ad and here you're claiming to be somebody that can help you with your mental health like no it doesn't make any sense and i don't know why they Did they you- go they go out of their way to do last, it did you see the one last time did you see the woman yeah. last time on that yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was like then then um yes yeah, someone commented back to her saying yes i've said like you know you're a mental health but you say you're meant to support in mental health and then you write in abusive comments like some people's posts like i think she wrote oh this guy looks creepy as hell you know yeah something uh, like that it was uh, like horrible comment it was, it was like how dare you yeah yeah horrible you're like <laughs> yeah and it's like well okay but you're posting about mental health and she wrote back going uh, I don't know how this comment appeared. I didn't write it. It didn't come from me. I'm so sorry. It didn't. It wasn't my comment. I'm like, so somebody's hacked your Facebook account. It was the Facebook gremlins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Facebook's playing up again. Okay, fine. You know, eventually you have to be like, okay, fine, whatever. You know, but this is the kind of stuff you're going to get. Try not to take it too personally. Exactly. Yeah, I think you. But with any, if you're putting yourself out there with any social media, I don't know like how you feel about this, but you definitely have to have a thick skin and you have to. Yeah, yeah expect nearly like that the trolls will come after you because they will they have nothing better nothing better to do they don't have a job they're not chasing their dreams and (laughs) you know working hard for for what the life that they want they're just jealous of you having that life Mm. um and i actually posted a video yesterday about that saying that you know this this was holding me back from showing up online the fact that I knew people were going to come at me um, and say, like, who are you to, you know, to come on and talk about marketing or who are you to, you know, talk about this, that or the other thing. Um, but I don't think you can let it hold you back. And I kind of decided that I was like, no, I'm, I'm not leaving the fear of the trolls getting in the way, because if you do that, they win. And, you know, they you're not going after your dream then just because of what's on stranger on the Internet, who's obviously mm. deeply unhappy with their life, what they think, you know. Mm. You know, one thing, one thing I've noticed about, I would say, a predictor for success, like in amongst my clients and other people I've seen, it's not like intelligence, it's not uh, hardworking or any of that kind of stuff. It's actually resilience. Like mm. uh, the business world, the stories you hear about tend to be like, 19 year old guy or like you know 15 year old kid in school and sets up his first business selling stuff on ebay and makes 10 million in a year and you're like oh wow that sounds amazing i'd like to do that but those stories assuming they are true those stories are the outliers they are not normal the rest of us spend a decade getting beaten up every single day and coming back for more until we actually see any sort of success i mean that's my story it's most people i know story we've got anywhere so i don't have a lot of sympathy for the people who are like oh someone left a mean comment i want to run away it's like i kind of get it but hey if this is the world you've signed up for if you don't like it you know mcdonald's are hiring probably yeah uh, you know, you you can get your steady paycheck on the 29th of every month or whatever it is. And, you know, you don't have to worry about it anymore. But you've, you've been working a boring job for crap money. So, you know, which this is the trade-off on the other side. But the good news is when you come out of the other side, you're almost bulletproof. I'm not saying you never get upset at anything or things don't bother you, but there's certain things, there's very few things that really hit you and stay with you for a long time. Because you're just like, I've seen it all. Like, there's not many, there's not many things I haven't seen now where someone could do something to me now in business. And I'd be like, oh my God, that's hit me for six. Very few things. I'm sure there's sure the odd thing now, but it has to be really big. Uh, not, I feel like I'm tempting fate here, but um, I've, had, I've had some really bad things happen with people, just like awful people who like get everything from me, hours and hours and hours and hours and hours, and then later on demand a refund, um, despite the fact I delivered everything they said they, that they asked for. Um, because I said, at the start, you can have a refund at the end if you're not 100% happy. 
they're like, well, I'm not 100% happy. I'll, I'll have my refund now. And you kind of think that, well, you know, once someone spent eight weeks working with me or whatever, and they've had all my time and energy and they grow to like me, they're not going to do that. But some people will. They see it as like a loophole and they go, oh, yeah. I'll get my money back. And then I, you know, the first time I did that, I realized I was backed into a corner and I was like, well, no, this is not fair, but I promise this. I won't be promising that again. And you know, you, cl- you plug the leak immediately and you don't do that kind of stuff exactly. again. Exactly. Are, are you putting the... Kind of a stipulation that they have to show that they've done the work to mm. um you know to that they've done the, the, the work in the eight weeks and that they've put in the work and that they're still not mm. happy you know so as you say you're plugging the leak then yeah i mean what i actually do now is uh, for clients who go on my highest level program is to say we have an we have a one-to-one call first where we sit down and we go through your offer you know a to b where's your customer now where they're going to end up what's your unique legal mechanism so how is your you know your part of the world unique and if we get to the end of that call and you don't feel like i've done that for you and you're like yeah i've heard this before or you don't like it then i'll give you a refund so basically i'm risking an hour of my time so i don't mind doing that uh, I'm willing to risk that, but what I'm not willing to risk is six weeks, eight weeks, you know, 12 weeks of coaching, whatever, for somebody to then come back and be like, yeah, yeah, I didn't fancy it. Uh, it's like once we pass that first point, that's the point of no return and you don't get a refund after that. We do another call. We do more coaching after that. You're done. Even if you don't like it in week two, we're done by this point. You, you pass the point of no return. Um, that's kind of how I do it now. Um, but you'll always have... Actually... Yeah, sorry for interrupting you. So, you'll always have those sticky clients or those sticky customers that you know are awkward and difficult and I think like as you say if you're resilient and you're able to you know you're able to deal with that and you're able to say like before I would have said oh god maybe they're right and you know you you might question yourself and say you know what if I haven't given them value whereas now I'm saying I know I've given you value so you know you're not getting a refund (laughs) as simple as that um but you'd always get people that will take advantage of you especially when you're like you would be fairly well known um people and the more people see you the more visible you are online you'll find people will expect you to give their time nearly for free as well um i get that a lot can you help me out and can you go look at my instagram and see what you think and what i could be doing better i'm like you know like i obviously have to go and spend my time doing that and there's nothing in it for me um which i don't mind i like to help people out but there there has to be a line that you draw as well so maybe you're this this mean awful bitch when you say no yeah yeah oh my god you think you're you're up there you don't help people you know you think you're so good it's like well do you work for free? It's really yeah. odd, this kind of this belief that people have of like, you should just be sat there yeah. helping people for free all day long. Really and weird. But I love to is, help well, people. This is, but... this is the overall point. This, yeah. is, this is what we're dealing with. You have to be able to, you're going to deal with these kind of people. And it's like, you have to find a way to learn to deal with these kind of people in a way that preserves your sanity. And if you can't do it, again, go and get a job. You know, this is what we're dealing with here. Online business, it's not this fun easy ride that people make it out to be yes when you go far enough to for when it starts paying you back and you go wow you know like like i I made like 60 grand last month and i'm like this is just insane there was a point in time when i to to make 60 grand in a year was more money than i could ever imagine making to make it a month it's just like absolutely bonkers i'm like this is amazing this is like what i always dreamed of but it's like you know like the Shawshank Redemption where you have to like crawl through like five yeah. more fields full of crap through the sewer to get to, to get to the river at the end that's kind of that's kind of like what it feels like to get to this point now now I'm on the beach in Mexico but it took you know, but nice. it's a lot to get I'm, there I'm not there uh, yet I'm still halfway through the shit <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you, just, you just keep on crawling I, I'm just going to keep on crawling I'm not going to you know be distracted by shiny object syndrome as you mentioned at the start yeah. that was one of my biggest problems that I'd you know start a business and really put my all into it and then oh I'd see something else and you know go chase that for a while but yeah and just I keep on crawling and keep on you know going and, and trusting the process and kind mm. of just you know showing up every day and that's all you can do I think um mm. yeah so the next question I have for you is what is the one thing that you would do right now if you were a small business to grow where would you focus your efforts? Honestly, again, it depends on the business and what you're doing and who you're aiming at. Are you a small business who aims at worldwide people like coaches? Are you a small business who aims at local people? Um, I would be looking at Facebook ads if that's a possibility. But really, I'll be looking and going, okay, who needs 
what I've got to offer, like not just in terms of, oh, people who need a plumber in general, but if you let's say, going back to the plumber example, where do you do your best work? Where is the intersection of your best work um, that takes the least amount of time, potentially, that pays you the most as well? Where, where's the intersection of, that you enjoy doing? Like, where's the yeah. intersection of all those things? And go, okay, where can I find those people? And then go, okay, well, the best way to find those people, actually, I enjoy the people who tend to give me the most money are the people who live in the more well-off areas. They just want the toilet fixing. I come in and I fix it and it's pay me whatever I ask. They don't care how much it is. They don't care if it's like 200 quid, 50 quid. It's all the same to them. And I'll figure and and they're happy. I know. Why don't I do run some Facebook ads to these specific postcodes in these areas and not aim for the areas where like they're always trying to get a price deal. They don't have any money or whatever. Aim for just these specific people or do a leaflet drop there or whatever, you know, even yeah. send someone going door knocking, anything like that. Think about how can I get in front of these people and have a conversation? Um, that's what I would be doing if I was a small business, um, especially in times of COVID, you know, maybe, maybe people need what you've got during COVID, but in a different way, maybe you can offer something slightly different. It helps them right now. Um, I don't know. Again, it's hard when you say small business because it's so many different. It's all vast. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's about, it's about, yeah, it's about understanding what you've got to offer. What is your unique part of the world? You are no longer just a plumber or a business coach or, you know, a fitness coach or whatever. You are someone who gets results for a specific kind of person in a specific kind of way, in a way that other people can't. That's what, that's what I would be thinking about right now. That's really good. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you, and this will be my last question, um, is so you spoke about having the Facebook profile just to go back to that. Um, so you have the profile over the page because your profile gets mm. more views, gets more. How do people balance having a Facebook page that maybe they're putting personal stuff up? They might be putting, I know for me from time to time, I would put family pictures up, that kind of thing. Mm. Whereas I don't really want to add, um, have businesses or people who are in business um, come on and have that much, um, I suppose, insight into my life i like to have that mm. gap between the the person so how do they how, how do you create a balance when you have a, a facebook page that you're say potentially promoting on and putting content on yeah it's a tricky one because i can understand you don't want to be posting pictures of your, like you know your five-year-old kids to potential yeah. pedophiles in wherever you know exactly. um but but you know i've i've been i've been through this process myself and most of my clients do where you you get to the point where you go well how much worth does my personal Facebook profile have? You know, you post a picture of your kids or some, you know, some, oh, I just went to the shop today for the first time in ages. Oh, look, you know, we're having steak for tea. It's like, how valuable is that? If you could, if you had to stop doing that, but you can make an extra 20K a month, would you? And most people go, well, yeah, I would actually. Uh, of course you would in a heartbeat. So it's like, once you decide that you're going to use this for business and you see the value it's got for business, then you go, well, I'm just not going to share my family pictures as much or you've got, you've got options. So for me, I say my profile is all about business. Um, 90% of my posts are about business. 10% can be about personal stuff. So I can post about like, if I got for a nice meal with my wife or whatever, or going on holiday, whatever I can post about that. Cause that's actually an insight into my life. Uh, people get to see a little bit about me. They get to know me a little bit better. I'm no longer just some business cyborg obsessed with getting your money off you and you signing up for stuff. You know, I'm, I'm more like a 3d person who has other interests too. So it kind of makes it interesting, but it needs to be people come to my profile and they see what I'm about straight away. Um, what you can do is if you still want to put, you know, if you want to post pictures of your kids or whatever, and you don't want the world to see them, you can actually create groups where only these people can see this post. So you could create a group of say, I don't know your parents, brother, sister, friends, whatever, who were interested in seeing pictures of your kids, but only have them see that post. Uh, so when you make a post, you've got the option of who sees it, but then make the business post public. Um, you want your business post to be public because when someone clicks on your profile, who's not a friend of yours, they, you want them to see all those posts and see what you're about before they actually become friends with you. So it's kind of like try before you buy almost. So there's a couple of options there, but really I'm just like, I don't really give a shit about posting on Facebook for yeah. personal stuff anymore. It's like, it makes me a lot of money. If people want to, you know, if, if pe friends and family want to see personal pictures, I'll send it to them in WhatsApp groups. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, and it, it definitely, because you brought that up in the group before and I thought about it and I was really conflicted and I was saying, God, I've, you know, a few hundred friends and people that maybe I've connected with over the years. Um, but if it's going to bring me in more customers and clients and followers, then, you know, why wouldn't you use it? You'd be crazy not to use it. Um, the only 
would say at the time I was thinking, and am I correct in saying this, that you can't have like two Facebook profiles. You can't have like a Laura O'Mahony business profile and a personal profile. Is that correct? In um, well, you you can you can I mean you can create one, but no, you're not supposed to. It's yeah. against the Facebook yeah. terms of service to have more than one personal profile. So no, you can't do that. Um, I mean, a lot of people do without any bother, but one day you get shut down. You're like, oh, and then you know, it's gone forever. It's gone. Yeah, um, exactly. Personally, personally, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend doing that. Just not from the point of view of the terms of service, just because it's hard to manage switching between two yeah. profiles all the time. <laughs> like, I've got the, you know, I've got the app on my phone. And it's all in one place. I don't have to log in and out of two profiles constantly yeah. and just go through all that hassle. It's a pain. Um, I just wouldn't do it. Um, so I, I prefer to have it all in one place. And I just find that, you know, when, pe- when you think about, oh, but my, well, what if my friends and family don't see my posts? Well, when you think about your friends and family posts, how many of them do you actually, like, how many of those posts are you actually interested in? None of it's like some boring cousin who yeah. you see once a year at family parties. You don't like that much anyway, and they're posting more pictures. They're posting another 12 pictures of what the kids did today, and you're like, seriously, I really don't care. You know, it's like, exactly, well, yeah. maybe people feel the same way about your posts. You know, there's yeah. very few people who are going to be interested because of your kids or what you had for your dinner or whatever. So I'm like, why not use your profile? So lastly, yeah, where, okay. where can people find you? Um, so you go to my website, magicsourcemarketing.com and you can you can find all my information on there. There's also a link to my Facebook group on there. So if people want to join my free Facebook group and have a look around and find my personal profile and see the kind of posts I make, that's the best place to go. Uh, there's also a free 20-minute video you can watch on there about, I call it finding your own magic source or like what is your unique part of the world. So I mentioned about... You, know, you asked me before about what a, small, what a small business should do right now. Well, that video will take you through that process. Brilliant. And you do a five-day challenge as well, don't you? A free five-day challenge. Um, I do, yeah. I run it every um, five to six weeks. Um, cool. So um, you can go to it's – a, it's a different domain. It's magicsourceforcoaches.com. And you can see when the next challenge is. Obviously, I don't know when you're going to put this video out. So go on there. You can see when the next challenge is and join up. Brilliant. Brilliant. Richard, thanks so much for um, chatting to me today. I really appreciate it. Sorry for all the tech issues. <laughs> <laughs> no problem at all. Thank you. Thanks so much. And I'd highly recommend people go and check out Richard's group. I love it. I find great value in it. And I definitely learn something new every day. So thanks so much, Richard. Lovely talking to you. Thanks again. Okay, so there we have it. That was my interview with Richard Fletcher. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. Um, right before I went live on that interview, I accidentally knocked over a guitar, which knocked over an open bottle of water right onto my laptop. So I had some tech issues, um, uh, which was an absolute disaster. But look, these things happen and it was my first go. So what can you do? Um, I just want to finish up the show by saying thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate every one of my listeners. I have a couple of reviews from Apple Podcasts to read out. So GK Flex gave me five stars and said awesome and awesome info. And Koji H uh, left five stars and said loving it. Fantastic podcast with great tips uh, that everyone can utilize right away. Really enjoying it. So thanks so much for leaving the review. Um, if you want to leave a review, I'll leave a link in the show notes on how to do that. You can leave it on Android or on Apple. Um, so I hope you have a great week and I'll see you in the next show.